Good afternoon, good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to Ahead of the Crypto Curve, where we are creating Satoshi Millionaires, one family at a time, one day at a time, one Bitcoin at a time, one Satoshi at a time, and ladies and gentlemen, that means you. I am your host, Nigel Robertson. It is my mission in life to lead my people out of financial slavery. I don't just do this show to change the way you think about money, but to make you change the way you look at money and everything else around you because it absolutely matters. Today is Wednesday, September 6, 2023, and we have one cryptocurrency, cryptopian celebrity whose birthday is today. So I'd like to say happy birthday to Jose Nunez of Fort Lee, Virginia. I'd like to say to you, sir, have an incredible birthday. I hope that this day today, your birthday is filled with all the love, joy, peace, happiness, and understanding you deserve on this day. And ladies and gentlemen, if you'd like to get a shout out for your birthday, please do me a favor and send me a text message to 424 417-7373 again 424-317-7373 and if you have any questions for that matter or anything you want to share please do me a favor and send me a text message I would love to hear from you you know today we are going to do a quote and that quote is just basically really making sure that we are taking the right calculated risks and this quote that I found is by a actress her name is Sarah Parrish and she states living with fear stops us from taking risks if you don't go out on the branch you'll never get the best fruit again living with fear stops us from taking risks and if you don't go out on the branch you'll never get to get the best fruits so again Sarah Parrish and I really like that quote because there are a lot of things that we need to be looking at these days and just like a tree there are different pathways or different branches uh, to our wealth accumulation and right now we've really got to take calculated risks I've had a lot of people ask me Um, if they should be investing in stocks and things of that sort. And again, I'm going to continuously say without being a financial advisor, not providing any financial advice, that it is imperative that you have a diversified portfolio. However, as an ex-financial advisor on purpose in the past, I do know that September has not been the greatest month for investors. Now, what I decided to do was just take a few minutes and go back and research what has happened in September and possibly what could go on in September and what our community needs to know about September and investing. Now, again, I'm going to continue to reiterate, you should be not spending, but saving, not splurging, but saving and really uh, getting in the mindset, not of scarcity, because we don't want a scarcity mindset that breeds more scarcity. We want a mindset of abundance, but with caution. And so as we look at September, there is um, a demonstration over the years. And I'm going to say a couple of I'm going to just say 100 years, but it's probably more than that. In fact, 
I went back to something I saw in September of 1720. And there are some examples that actually demonstrate that September is a month when a lot of prices crumble as it relates to stocks and shares. A lot of the banks seem to wobble. The currencies are devalued. And what's going on in September that will cause these things? And so when we come forward, we will continue this conversation, not to make you afraid, but to make you aware of what could possibly be going on and what we may need to do or sit back and watch during the month of September. When we come forward, we'll continue this conversation. This is KBLA Talk 1580. You're listening to Ahead of the Crypto Curve with Naja Roberts on KBLA Talk 1580. All right. Welcome forward. Welcome forward. As we look at investing in different um, asset classes, I have not this year done any of my usual trading with stocks and things of that sort, not because it's not cryptocurrency, but because I know that in the past we have made money based on long game, long game. And if I'm going to get into the stock market and I'm not a daily trader, I'm not a day trader, I'm not watching the markets 24-7, I'm not waking up every four hours to really check and see what the markets are doing all across the world. You know, as different people wake up, different people are going to sleep and all of those things. I just decided to play it safe this year and I'm really glad that I have because it gives me a lot more sanity. But for those individuals that are into uh, day trading and things of that sort, they're really paying attention to the markets. They know what's happening. Prayerfully, they're getting up every four to six hours to just make sure that all of their stocks are on the right path. And uh, in the month of September, most of them continue to trade. There's no, you know, there's no uh, probably pulling that back because a lot of people make a living on trading and there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. But as a financial advisor, ex-financial advisor, we have always had sort of a, a, a bubble eye look in September as things begin to play out because it's actually one of the trickiest few weeks of them all. And if we take a look at the message from history, um, it would be that you should be afraid to trade or put your money into things during the month of September. But that message from history um, is really for policymakers that are returning from the holiday this week on top of them coming off summer break and things of that sort, making sure that the next few weeks goes well, that the government doesn't shut down and all the things that we talked about yesterday. But what we do know is that in economics and in finance, um, there's different labels that people place on different times of the year, as well as just different, um, uh, 
just different things that they've seen patterns. And so we have to look at history to see patterns. And so September is a time of the year that most people have really began to start to lift an eyebrow to see what problems have been building up quietly or what has been developing over the summer and what is about to come to a head. And so I was able to actually find five really quick um, examples that dis- that really disem- de- that really demonstrate what September can hold, what can actually happen in September. And so back in September of 1720, there was a collapse of a company called South Sea Bubble. Well, that's what they called it, the South Sea Bubble, but it was actually the South Sea Company. And this is what I could find, which was the oldest record that I could see of what was a Ponzi scheme under which the company was buying back its own stocks to keep the prices high. And um, people had to group think in order to make some money and investors left their money into these into this platform or into this company because they had no idea that the company was buying their own stocks and i'd like to liken this ladies and gentlemen to uh one of the reasons that i am not all crazy about investing in stocks because i know that the government our government has printed money over and over and over again during COVID. Uh, the what 2022 2023 we printed more money than we had in the last 30 years well ladies and gentlemen where do you think most of that money went if it was given to individuals that uh, had businesses and things of that sort well they went in to invest they took that money to make more money because that's most of the time what millionaires and billionaires and people of means actually do. So they've been investing and holding up and propping up the stock market because there has been plenty of money distributed so that they can continue to make things run on their own. And so uh, in my opinion, it's kind of like a Ponzi scheme going on right now. It just hasn't come to a head. But back in September 1720, if you read about South Sea Company, you'll see some pretty interesting things. It almost looks like what's going on today. And so, but people lost a lot of money back then when the share prices finally collapsed, when the government stops printing money and people don't have money to put into the stock market. It is finally not necessarily going to collapse, but you will definitely not have the value that you have today. And so uh, back in the day, it was a whole lot of money to lose $40 million in today's money, but it absolutely happened. And um, the biggest beneficiaries of all of this, of course, are the companies who actually handle uh, these these businesses and handle these types of situations. And um, we we just have to look at history. There is no other way to really tell what our future is going to look like or what parts of the year are what investments and things we need to be getting involved in. But history plays the biggest part. And so the lesson to be learned about 
the South Sea Company because they were doing incredible. They were generating all these returns and, and making all these promises. And at first, the business prospectus was doing really good and they were able to generate the types of funds that they needed until they weren't. And I keep saying that to each and every one of you. Everything that you're doing right now is grand. It's grandioso. We listen and we watch our friends and family and they're going to the bank. They've got a little bit of money and they are okay and they are going to be okay until they're not. And so with that, these examples show us that up until the day something happens, you know, nobody really is paying attention to the crises that actually creep up on them. And so in September of 1931, we're getting into the 1900s. <laughs> I'm going to take you really quickly because we're going to get up here. But September of 1931, there was a departure of sterling gold uh, from the gold standard. So in the early years of the Great Depression, many of you have heard about that. Britain and most other major countries were subject to um, kind of restructuring with the gold standard under which the governments agreed to exchange their paper currency for a fixed amount of the precious metals. And so the gold standard ensured that the countries facing um, facing some of these balance balance payments and deficits could not devalue their their um, currency, but rather really seek to gain more competitiveness in their economies. However, Britain was one of the companies that suspended membership in the gold standard. And that was at the start of the First World War. And so with that, there was very slow growth and there was a high unemployment rate that happened in September. And there was a big pressure for cuts in welfare spending to the balance of the budget. Now, I need you to hear this again, because, yes, we're talking about 1931. One, but here we are in 2023, ladies and gentlemen, and they're talking about pressure cuts for welfare spending and the balance. They're trying to balance the budget, which is what is uh, happening. And they're threatening again to shut down the government on the first of the month coming up in just three weeks. And this is just the same strains and national government issues that have happened in the in history and you know you can't necessarily say that everyone fared well because we weren't even in the game back in 1931 to be quite honest so we definitely didn't fare well this is about how other communities actually functioned and worked during the gold standard uh, debacle and so uh, in September of 1931 now I'm not saying that none of our ancestors had gold some of them probably did but I'm talking about the lion's share of the people the people that were coming out of um, not directly out of slavery in 1931 but those that were actually going into the world wars and coming out of world wars and the things that they were actually still dealing with 
as it relates to money and not having access to capital and things of that sort. But in September of 1931, um, other countries follow suit with pulling the gold standard. And so the economic lesson to be learned in that is that bad economics equals bad politics. And right now in 2023, ladies and gentlemen, we have bad economics. And unfortunately, we have a lot of bad politics that are happening. And then we go to September of 1992. And for those of you that remember that I actually was in college studying for business and there was something called Black Wednesday. And over the course of the 20th century, um, the labor governments that took um, a political flack for devaluation of dollars and things of that sort, especially because we weren't on the, the gold standard we well they said we were but nixon had to finally just take us off in the 70s um the governments really weren't doing what they needed to do to really get our funds our money our valuation of money where it needs to be because it just really looked like um they just weren't doing their job they were watching the wrong things and i think right now we are our government is watching the wrong things or I know that they have smart, intelligent individuals that are watching the right thing, but they're not disseminating the information about the right things to our community. So this particular day, Black Wednesday, um, was a day that um, speculators were led by George Soros. Some of you hear that name over and over, George Soros. Um, and he was dealing with a, a European exchange rate and it inflicted a blow to John Majors, a conservative administrator from which it never recovered. And so the European markets never really recur recovered the way that they needed to. And countries started joining different alliances based on this Black Wednesday because the pressure of money and how uh, there was a struggle and a lot of people, again, were probably working. It wasn't a big deal. But over in the UK, there was a lot of struggle going on with the recession at the time of this, uh, this reunification of monies and and really trying to get the valuation of money together. But um, they crumbled. And what they were trying to do was really keep the interest rates down. But they had to raise, especially over in the UK, they raised the interest rates to 15% to defend the sterling. Um, and resistance actually crumbled. And the, the pound was allowed to be floated. And what's happening in our economy today is almost exactly the same this September. Economic recovery has got to really happen. And we've never stopped taking a pause and really reevaluated what uh, has been going on with our economy. And I really feel like very shortly we will have uh, a reputation of being permanently tarnished because we're not talking about the things that actually matter here in this United States. So 
the lesson to be learned here is to just be careful of importing your economic policies from overseas. And so uh, that there's just a lot going on with that. And I don't quite know right now if our United States is getting a lot of economic policies, but they are dealing with those three letter organizations that I have been telling you that have ulterior motives. Um, to really change policy and be in control, even though you don't vote on them. They're the ones that are in the control. They're the ones that are telling our government what to do. You got the IMF, International Monetary Fund, all of those. Again, that is importing economic policy from overseas. And it happened before and it and, and there was a catastrophe and it's going to happen again if we don't do something different. And in September of 2008, the Lehman Brothers um, and the near death of the global banking system actually happened. That was in September. So the financial global crisis had actually began about a year before that. But it all culminated and the bankruptcy happened right in September of 2008. And so uh, Lehman's, the Lehman Brothers, as you all know or have heard, uh, they symbolize everything that had gone wrong across the banking sector, fr sector from institutions that had big bets on the housing market that imploded. Um, and then they just created all of these complex financial instruments and magnified the gains that they made. And, um, you know, investors were really unsure which banks were nursing the losses or we just had to assume. And it's exactly like it is today. Ladies and gentlemen, when we come forward, we'll continue this conversation. This is Ahead of the Crypto Curve on KBLA Talk 1580. All right. Welcome forward. Welcome forward. We're going to wrap this up talking about September and all the things that have happened in September. I'm sure there's more, but there is a whole lot of lessons to be learned. The, the problem is that the bubble or a bubble is still a bubble. So never believe people who say it's a different time this time because it's never going to be different this time. It's always the same thing. History repeats itself just a tad bit differently. And so in September of 2022, some of you may not have even paid attention to this uh, this news story because it didn't really have to do with us here in the United States, but it was actually one of us. And so there was a gentleman by the name of Quasi Kortenig, and he should have been aware of the perils of September. Uh, he was dealing with Liz Truss, who's a chancellor in another country, and he was eager to make his mark after being appointed in the month. Now, I really think that Courtney was really good for uh, Corteng was good for the job. And what he did was he sacked the Treasury's top uh, individual named Tom Scholar. And he did not run his proposals past the government at that time. And he didn't run his proposals past the spending watchdogs. And then when he created a fix for the economy, he seemed surprised when the biggest package of tax cuts in 50 years was greeted with the loudest of 
the financial markets. People were upset about the fact that there were tax cuts that were happening because people were used to eating off all of the absorbent fees and things that were happening in his country. And so uh, in the UK, by the way, that's where this was happening. But it still has something to do with the United States um, because uh, at this time, Quasi was actually at the IMF meeting, International Monetary Fund. He had just got hired as the as the um, he was a chancellor for the UK. And so he had this fabulous plan. Everybody thought it was going to be good, except the people that he didn't run this by. And so he was kick-smarting, kick-starting the markets in September. And it was an instant flop. Within a week, the pound had fallen to actually the lowest level ever that against the United States dollar. And the Bank of England was actually forced to launch an emergency bailout of the UK pension industry. Now, uh, I know that this isn't talking about the United States and it's not something that happened in the United States, but we are in a similar situation right now. Uh, Not with Quasi, but uh, just in the fact that they're having to bail out some of the pensions. So those of you who have pension funds and things of that sort, you really need to check to see what the actual interest is right now and how much they're actually bringing in. Because last I checked, especially on some of the purrs and stirs and things of that sort, they weren't doing that hot on the amount of interest they were gaining uh, from those funds. But mortgage rates soared and Quasi was summoned home from the meeting with the IMF and sacked. He was actually fired and he had one of the shortest tenures uh, as a chancellor. And so he was forced out of there. And then um, the message from this or the lesson to be learned is mess with the financial markets in other in other countries with the folks that really have control at your peril. And so you can really have a bona fide plan to make changes. My whole point is it could be the folks at the top that don't want the change to happen because they're so used to eating from whatever they're doing. They make it seem as if it's a problem, but they really don't want to fix. And you know, when black and brown folks step up to uh, really solve a problem, we solve problems. But if those problems are met with people that really don't want the problem solved in the first place, they just want to make it look like they want to solve the problem, then it becomes a, a problem. And so that I believe is what happened with Quasi. And that happened last year in September. And so this year in September, we're just a little ways in. We're on the sixth of the month. And there's a lot of things that have to happen to keep our government open for October 1st. And we'll get an opportunity to actually see what is happening uh, in this and not just the cryptocurrency space, but in the money space as a whole. We have got to keep our eyes on individuals, the small number of billionaires and owners that hold so much of the information that doesn't necessarily reach out to the public. They always are winning because they are always controlling the narrative like these things. Ladies and gentlemen, you've got to just see that they're happening over and over and over again. And so, um, 
we we look at September and we just really pay attention. We have to see what's coming our way and see where we are going to park our funds. And we're not going to park them prayerfully. You're not going to park them at the store, meaning you've started to spend and splurge instead of save and invest. Uh, we prayerfully are not going to park our funds in banks uh, that we could be subject to them taking our funds at will. Um, that's just my suggestion and I don't care how big or how small the bank is. I think at some point we are all going to wish that we had liquid capital on our person so that we could do different things. In fact, some of us may remember these conversations and wish that they had cigarettes and booze <laughs> because that's what I suggested just because of what I know and not just in our community, but everywhere in times of desperation, in times of uh, depressions, the biggest thing that people utilize, unfortunately, is booze and cigarettes. And if you have those to barter with, I think you're going to do well. And I don't know what the shelf life is for cigarettes. I don't smoke. I don't drink. Uh, but this was just a suggestion. And again, I'm not providing any financial advice, just really talking to you about what it is I have chosen to do. I've also decided to get my ticket to Utah so I can go and get my green, my, my gold backs. Uh, and bring them back too. I got some other stuff that I'm going to be doing with that uh, later on in the month. And so I'm just really excited about the fact that we can really look back at history and really pay attention during these times. And I'm not saying don't get involved in anything in in September, but really just start to watch to see if history repeats itself. If there's anything that you might be invested in right now or investing in that you may need to pull from. Uh, and not necessarily pull it and spin it. I'm saying pull it and make sure that you're liquid. I am hoping that you have gone into your accounts and done your due diligence to make sure if you need to pull the trigger to totally remove your funds from a fund, from a policy or whatever it is that you really do have bona fide access to it. And no one else has the only bona fide access to it. It is going to be a pretty scary situation for you. So, ladies and gentlemen, when we come forward, we'll continue the conversation on the cryptocurrency space. When we come forward, this is KBLA Talk 1580. Now, let's get back to Ahead of the Crypto Curve with Naja Roberts on KBLA Talk 1580. All right. Welcome forward. Welcome forward. We have a Bitcoin right now. Trading at $25,692 and it is up in the last hour 0.08% and in the last 24 hours it's up 0.04% in the last 7 days it is down 5.76% and then we have Ethereum that is trading right now at 1630 and it is up in the last hour, 0.01%. In the last 24 hours, it is up 0.19%. And in the last seven days, it's down 4.32%. And there's a lot of other cryptocurrencies that are doing some other things. And they're positioning themselves 
with in price based on some of the news around the different coins. And so I want to make sure that we kind of just really briefly touch on uh, some things that are happening in the cryptocurrency space that may or may not benefit you. Maybe you have Coinbase stock. Maybe you're invested in, um, you know, in the ICO with IPO. It was an IPO. um, It was a public offering. It wasn't a coin offering, but Coinbase has actually confirmed that it's, um, it's starting a crypto lending service. Now, remember Celsius and several of these other ones have collapsed over the last year or so, but it is launching a cryptocurrency lending service for U.S. institutional clients. According to the filing with the SEC, Coinbase raised $57 million of to start this service as of September 1st. So we'll see what actually happens. The move actually follows the bankruptcy bankruptcies of uh, Celsius and Genesis this past year. And institutional lending has been a really big gap in the cryptocurrency markets. So for those of you that are looking to get into the space, I don't know if you want to get into cryptocurrency lending because when it goes up, you're doing really, really good. But when it's going down and I'm not saying you as an investor uh, are a owner of the business, but I'm talking about the people that actually invest. Uh, the price of Bitcoin is going down when you have loaned it or have it on loan. Then you have more money that you need to put in in order to keep your um, your account above board and so above water. And so uh, I explained sometimes last year uh, how many times my son got into one of these types of trades and had to keep throwing money into his account because the price of Bitcoin was falling ultimately only to lose his Bitcoin and the money because the price of Bitcoin had dropped so substantially. And so in a volatile market sort such as this, I would just say be careful. But the move follows. Um, you can just go ahead and follow Coinbase and see what they're continuing to do because they also are dealing with the battle with the U.S. The SEC as the regulators are constantly uh, taking a look at aligning the operations and making sure that everyone is a registered securities exchange broker and clearing agency. So the next thing that's happening in the cryptocurrency space is North Korea might be using cryptocurrency to fund its nuclear program. And that's according to some research from TRM Labs. And what they do is they do chain analysis. So they try to figure out where the coins came from that are getting sent to someone else. And they have been linked back uh, to a couple of different sources. But they stated that hackers have stolen over 200 million in cryptocurrency. To the midday money chain with Lynn uh, they had, they had uh, been linked to some of the hackers that stole $200 million in cryptocurrency between January and August 18th. And that Bitcoin, those cryptocurrencies, and they didn't necessarily say Bitcoin, they said crypto, uh, have shown up in North Korea and North Korea is um, utilizing that. And those exploits are part of a rise in crypto-related cyber attacks 
in North Korea. And that's what has been going on in that space. And so there is just a lot of things that are happening. We talked about Bitcoin miners and Bitcoin mining being done in Texas. And the month of August was actually the most profitable month ever, not just for those mining companies in in Texas um, for for mining Bitcoin, but they also got some tax credits that totaled uh, about thirty three hundred and thirty three Bitcoin worth thirty one point seven million dollars. That's how much credits they got. Now, they didn't get the Bitcoin. But they got the credits and that's how much the credits would be worth in Bitcoin. Um, $31.7 million for selling back unused power to the Texas grids. And so that is another way if you are investing in any of the mining companies, specifically Riot, because Riot, R-I-O-T, is allowing individuals to invest. And so uh, they did really well in August. And they're probably going to do better as the heat continues to raise, as the as the country, as the world just heats up due to climate. And so um, we're looking to see how to really incorporate what we're doing on from an investor uh, standpoint into the Bitcoin space into Riot. Now, I know it seems pretty safe, but we've been personally reluctant to get involved just because we know how quickly some things can change. And so as we keep our eye on the different markets, we we will pay, keep pay attention to Texas and the law markers, lawmakers there in Texas that recently considered um, doing away with those tax credits that brought that much money. Um, and, and we don't know what they're going to do, but the bill that they brought into Texas had actually stalled out and it still allowed for riot to get that big, huge lump sum of money. Um, and so it's very interesting to see. Um, there's one more thing that we have learned and it has to do with the Solana blockchain. When we come forward, we will continue the conversation. This is KBLA talk 1580. All right. Welcome forward. Welcome forward. As we learned uh, yesterday, Visa, Visa, MasterCard, yes, Visa has gotten into uh, use with Solana. Solana is another cryptocurrency uh, that is out there. It has a different protocol. It has a different blockchain developers are able to build on top of Solano. They can build on top of Bitcoin as well, but they can build more on Solano. Um, And so that being said, it's a big deal that Visa is now partnering with Solano or has, has added Solano to their major platform. Um, And they're using right now USDC, which is another cryptocurrency. It's a stable coin. Um, And they used it to speed up their cross-border transactions. And so this payment giant is one of the first major financial firms to actually use the Solana network at scale for live settlement payments between clients. And so, uh, again, this is a big, big, big deal. 
and so you can look to see the price of Salama rise because people are going to start buying more of it because they feel like this is where they should be and that's what's going to be moving forward and I am still keeping my eye on the prize I'm not looking for right now emergency uh, get rich quick things and I'm not saying that that's going to be one of them uh, I'm confident about what Solana can offer, but scalability and just longevity. I'm just going to make sure that I'm in the right place at the right time. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to thank each and every one of you for rocking with me here on Ahead of the Crypto Curve. Oh, yeah, I had to make sure that I do a retraction really quickly. Uh, we talked about Bob Barker being the Bob Barker company uh, that did the Prison Industry Authority. And I'm going to explain that tomorrow because I do want to go back in and be a great journalist and make sure that you get the right information. But I also want to see if there was another reason uh, that his actual name couldn't be used. We're going to get into that tomorrow. But ladies and gentlemen, we're making way for the D.L. Hughley show. We're going to continue to make create Satoshi millionaires one family at a time, one day at a time, one Bitcoin at a time, one Satoshi at a time. And ladies and gentlemen, that means you.